Welcome again, Dragons, to the Dumbbells and Dragons podcast. This is one of our latest prequel episodes. This was probably one of the first three or four podcasts I ever recorded, and it is with Lindsay Trident Ma of fitnawesome.com. Now, this was one of our earlier ones. I really didn't have the whole interview uh, concept down exactly as I wanted it. And of course, we weren't in a quiet area. There's a couple of phones ringing off and on. But anyways, I hope you enjoy it and you like to see how far we've come since these days. Workout nerd out. In the basement rolling dice, rolling dice. I'm a wizard. When we play, we do it right. Candles flicker, fighting dragons in my mind. In my mind. Just four kicks. DM says you're gonna die. Roll a D6. You started fitting awesome because it was two things that you just well, I guess one thing, one thing. <laughs> that you're. But you're. So why did you uh, decide to just get into it? It started just as a hobby, and then. Um, yeah, so I've always my background is in marketing. So I've worked in uh, right right when I was out of school. I wanted to be a journalist, and I thought that would be the coolest job in the world. And then. This was back in 2003, and I saw that the media landscape was changing very quickly, and everything was moving from print to online, and I was working for a print magazine at the time, and I was trying to convince them to put some of their B-roll footage and articles online, and they're like, are you crazy? Like, you're going to cannibalize our sales if you do that, and I was like, no, this is where everything's headed. It's all going online, so I decided at that point that I wasn't going to focus on print, but I was going to actually try and get into online media, because that was really where I saw where the web was headed. Absolutely. Um, so I did online, uh, I was an online editor for a snowboarding magazine right out of school. Uh, it's about 10 years ago. Okay. So, so I've always had roots in journalism. And, uh, and then from there I worked in marketing. So worked in digital marketing for 10 years and uh, started my own consulting business in 2012. And I was working with a health and fitness brand, an activewear brand for women. And when I was, can you can you tell us the name of the brand? If not, I understand. Uh, yeah, it's Fabletics. Okay. You might want to edit that out, but we'll see. <laughs> um, but uh, what I saw was they they had a marketing budget for bloggers and influencers, and it was uh, you know fairly substantial. And I was like, that's really interesting. And they're like, oh yeah, you know, bloggers are the new it's a new PR. That's you know that's what you do is you work with bloggers. And I was like, that's very interesting. And um, I had a pretty decent Twitter following at the time, and I had just gone gluten-free, and I had lost a bunch of weight, and I was feeling really good, and I was tweeting about it, and people would always reply back, what's your link? And I was like, what do you mean, what's my link? You know, my link is my website, like, lindsaytreatment.com, which I hadn't updated in a couple years. Yeah. And they're like, no, don't you have a blog? And I was like, no. <laughs> and then the more I started thinking about it, I was like... You know, and I, I'd always blogged off and on. I had personal journal style blogs online. I worked for MySpace for six years during the heyday. And oh, wow. I had a blog on MySpace that, you know, I kept and kind of reflected on different things that were happening in my life at various points. Um, so I'd always been blogging, but I never really had blogged about the health and fitness. I'd always kind of just blogged about just my life and personal things. And so I was like, well, maybe maybe it is time to kind of start sharing my health and fitness knowledge because a lot of people were asking me questions a lot of people were asking me the same questions and I thought you know I could start becoming a resource to people the way other people have 
become to me online. And I found this entire community of people online that were kind of going through things that I was going through. Things like, you know, you go gluten free and you can't eat certain things and your family doesn't understand and your friends don't really understand. And they try and say, oh, well, I don't understand why you can't just eat that. It's not a big deal. Just eat it. And then you eat it and you feel like crap. And they say, oh, well, it's all in your head. <laughs> um, things like that. And then, yeah. you know, uh, you know, where where I felt very alone in that situation, yeah. uh, you know, I found this community online of people that have been through it and that, you know, kind of stick through these, these lifestyle decisions and eating decisions through thick and through thin and, um, you know, kind of form this community of support around each other. So it's just basically people connecting and sharing ideas. So that was really kind of the foundation for how I started Fit and Awesome was, you know, just being a part of that community and kind of giving back what I've learned and creating a resource for other people where they could come and learn more about being gluten-free and find recipes and just learn a little bit more about the stuff that was all potentially so new to them. Um, so that's how I started the site and uh, used the word awesome just because it's fun. Why not? <laughs> and I couldn't believe the domain was available. I was like, wow, fit and awesome. That's excellent. That's kind of how we felt when we found out Dumbbells and Dragons was available. <laughs> we were like, how has nobody taken this yet? Uh, that's exactly how I felt. I was like, wait a second, no one has claimed this URL because that's like the best. And I was like, I'm going to call my site Fit and Awesome. And then, and then people were like, really? I was like, yeah, it's available. And sure enough, available. it was. <laughs> what made you decide to go gluten-free? So I took a blood test in actually, well, let's go back a little bit. Okay. Um, I had suffered from GI issues for, for years. Um, just stomach pains, indigestion after I ate, just... Won't get into detail because <laughs> <laughs> this might go on the internet. Yeah, it will yeah, be there yeah. forever. As much as I, yeah, I don't really want to go there. <laughs> TMI, um, but just <laughs> just okay. all sorts of issues, um, and I never really knew what was kind of causing them. And I would go on these diets where you know my someone at the gym, my trainer would put me on this diet, and it'd be calorie restrictive, and I'd lose a bunch of weight, and then within a week, two weeks, I'd gain all the weight back. Yeah. And it's like, I don't understand. Like, I just lost all this weight and then I just eat one more thing and I balloon up again. And uh, it just didn't seem right. I was training for triathlons at the time. I was working out five to six times a week. Wow. And I did not look like someone who worked out five to six times a week. I just, I, I looked very bloated, didn't have any sort of muscle definition. And, you know, not that you need those things, you know, to, to be kind of why you work out, but... At the same time, it just also didn't make sense because I was like, I eat healthy, I work out a lot, why do I have the Buddha belly? You know? Yeah. Um, so, and why do I feel so terrible too? So after going to a couple different doctors, I, I saw a doctor who specializes in integrative medicine. And what he does is he blends Western medicine with Eastern philosophy. Okay. And he saw me and he did an exam and he said, I think you have a food allergy. And I said, okay, well, what does that mean? He's like, well. You're allergic to a food. <laughs> you're allergic to something. <laughs> I was like, okay, great. What am I allergic to? He's like, I don't know. We're going to have to do a blood test and find out what you're allergic to. So, um, so I agreed to do the blood test, which, by the way, was not covered by insurance because oh. these things are still so new that... You know, yeah. insurance com companies are not covering these things. So 
I did the blood test and it came back with a severe gluten intolerance. So there's a couple okay. other things that that show that my body was sensitive to, but you know the main things were were gluten. Um, like okay. pretty much every barley, wheat, rye, everything showed up as high sensitivity. No so beer for you. No beer. Which, by the way, was very hard for me. Oh no! Because <laughs> I liked beer a lot. Aww. Um, but now you get ciders. Well, not currently. Now I now I do not have cider, but yes, I, I switched to cider. But um, yeah, so I took the test, found out, and I was actually in denial over the whole thing. I was like, "This is not right. I I can't give up pizza. I'm Italian. I can't give up pastas. Doesn't oh. fit my lifestyle." <laughs> yeah, and that could have. That could have like just challenged your entire culture and upbringing right there. Yeah, and and yeah, it was definitely difficult, right? Because you go to family events and you know you grow up in an Italian family, it's all centered around food and carbs, <laughs> and you know a lot of the carb carb filled foods are pastas, pastas and breads and things that have gluten in them. So that was tough on me. Um, right? I actually I was like, nope, I'm not doing this. I'm not going to put up with this. I'll deal with whatever I've been doing fine until now, which, which you, um, know. <laughs> you You realize that you're at, a, you're at a doctor to tell you what's wrong, and you're like, no, I've been doing fine until now. But I'm you weren't of, because you were at the doctors because you weren't fine. Right. I, I was just, I was very much in denial. And it, looking back, I don't understand why I, I did this, but I was in denial for about four months. And I was oh, like, wow. And I was like, I'm not going to do this. And then I still, you know, weeks went by. I still felt like crap. I didn't weigh you know what I wanted to weigh and at the same time I was also getting ready to get married Uh, my husband and I were getting married in September and this was at this point this was like April of 2012 okay and I kind of had the aha moment I I was running a a 200 mile relay through Southern California the Ragnar relay oh yeah 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 yeah. and everyone on my team was a runner they were fast they were all super fit and they all brought very healthy snacks with them and they were eating very healthy foods when we were running on this trail and, you know, through the night, 24 hours, you know, two vans, 12 people. And I was like, gosh, I want to look like them and they eat pretty healthy and I don't see any gluten in anything they're eating. And, you know, maybe this is not as bad as I thought it would be and maybe I should try it. So I was kind of fed up and like that following Monday I was like that's it I'm going gluten-free strict not going to eat anything and within uh three weeks I lost 10 pounds oh wow um and felt amazing like better than I'd felt in years so much energy just uh, lost the the Buddha belly that had taken so long and I was even working out less and okay. feeling better so can you go a little bit more into how it was making you feel less about um, the weight loss and losing the Buddha belly, but like you said you had more energy. What was that like? Were you... So usually um, whenever I ate something, um, I would have the mid-afternoon slump, I would call it. Yeah. So right after I ate lunch, I would just get so tired. I would feel like I need to take a nap, but obviously I couldn't take a nap because I was working. So I would... <laughs> go and get a coffee, right? And just fill myself with caffeine and just, you know, definitely not what you should be doing. And then, and then later in the day around four o'clock, I would need another cup of caffeine because I was, I was tired. Um, and I was also at that point, I was drinking my coffee with 
artificial sweetener with creamer yeah which both things are not good for you either and when i decided to make this change i decided to also learn how to drink coffee black because i felt like at least then i wouldn't be getting all those extra things yeah um so that was really tough for me as well because I really had to try and train my body to to, en- to enjoy <laughs> black coffee. Yeah, yeah, it was not easy. That's something I just learned to do the last two weeks for me. Oh wow! I I had actually gone on no caffeine. I had gone caffeine free for a very long time, and then we launched Dumbbells and Dragons, and all of a sudden, I didn't have time to sleep anymore. So I started, I I knew I didn't want to go back to using creamers and sugars, and I used to be a two cream, two sugar type of guy. Mm -hmm. So I just started drinking black coffee, and it took a while, you know, three weeks, cup of day. Yeah, it takes a while. Yeah. Have you tried butter coffee? No, but that sounds delightful. (laughs) You gotta try it. What is butter coffee? So butter coffee is the, the paleo type coffee there's another brand called bulletproof coffee and basically it's just this idea that you put butter ghee in your coffee like a like a tablespoon of ghee okay i'm I'm familiar with ghee put it in your blender with the coffee blend it up and drink it it's bomb okay we're talking like liquid coffee not just my coffee grounds no like your 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 coffee is already made it's hot and you just throw it in the blender with the ghee yeah, you put you put ghee in there and you put it in a blender and foams up and then you pour it in your back in your cup. Oh, that actually kind of sounds interesting. I might have to do that. Yeah, I'm actually going to do an article on my site about it. Oh, excellent! It's so good. Oh, I'll check that out. Um, and it it gives you a lot of energy too. Like I actually I just tried it recently a few weeks ago and I felt like a very uh, calm sense of alertness when I when I had it. Like just. A lot of, I don't know if it's the fat from the co- the butter, yeah, that being part of the coffee mixed with the caffeine, but okay, it's good stuff. Hmm. I I do want to eventually get back to being caffeine free. Eventually, I'm kind of there right now. Yeah, well, Just being pregnant, you have to yeah. limit your caffeine, but I still have a cup of coffee a day because I love coffee. It's and delicious. It's good, and it you know it helps me so. Uh, my doctor said it was fine as long as it's That's not good. in excess. So yeah, I am still drinking coffee. No four shots of espresso a day. No, but I mean, I was yeah, I was drinking like three cups of coffee a day. No problem. Oh, wow. Yeah, yeah, that's a lot. <laughs> yeah. So um, yeah. So I mean, just when I went gluten free, my energy started to feel more balanced throughout the day. So I didn't okay. feel, I didn't start feeling super tired, like I needed to nap during the day. I felt more awake and kind of overall more energy. Like I, you know, people talk about that mental fog and and things like that. And, and that I just felt very like, like I want to like kick ass and own the world. Like I feel so good, you know? So could the word be, you felt like clearer. Yeah, maybe. Yeah. Like a sense of clarity. Yeah. But I mean, it, it did take a while. It took like the first, the first couple days. I mean, I was not, I was not really into it. And I also went very strict. I know a lot of people these days when they say, oh, I'm going to go gluten-free and they just switch out their regular toast in the morning for gluten-free toast. And they have a gluten-free piece of bread with their sandwich at lunch. Um, And so they're really just kind of making those substitutions. Yeah. And I actually think that's probably even worse for you. Really? Because 
the gluten-free breads actually are higher in sugar, higher in carbs. Really? Um, yeah, because they're substituting. Okay, um, making sense. So I really focused on just the whole foods, natural diet. So it was more of the paleo diet. Okay. Um, so I really just focused on eating, you know, vegetables, meats. I didn't eat red meat at the time, but I reintroduced red meat back into my diet. Okay. Did you do that all at once or did you like do it gradually? Like Um, a little bit here and there or you're just like, it took a couple glasses of wine in me to, uh, try, try a bite of what red, red meat. I was, I was not, I was very scared because I hadn't had it in 20 years. Yeah. So you didn't know how your body was going to react. I didn't know how I was going to react. And the first time I had it, I threw up. So that, was, that was not good. <laughs> now, was the red meat thing uh, uh, intolerance, or is it, was it a mental thing? It was a personal preference. It okay. was It was me. Oh, gosh. So, back in the 90s, there was this kid that ate a hamburger, and he died. Oh, dear Lord. From the meat being bad. And I just remember that happening and freaking out. And I was like, I'm not eating meat. I might have to bleep out the name of that restaurant. <laughs> I... I we just started. I don't want to get sued yet. <laughs> <laughs> you can bleep it out. Okay. Um, yeah. So that happened, and then I was freaked out, and I and it stuck with me because I I stopped eating red meat and didn't eat it again for another twenty years. It just became so part of my life to not eat it that it wasn't a big deal. And then when I went gluten free, I realized well. I've already cut so much out of my diet that I should probably reintroduce something back into my diet that technically would be good for me. And, um, you know, after consulting with my doctor and the nutritionist at his office, you know, they said eating red meat would be good for you in terms of your iron intake and yeah. things like that. So, um, so I said, you know, I'll try it. I'll see, see how it is. And I tried a piece of steak and I never looked back. There you go. <laughs> there you go. Okay. Grass-fed, of course. <laughs> I would love to be able to afford organic grass-fed meat. It is so expensive, even in Phoenix. I was going to say, is it more expensive in Phoenix? I eat mostly organic chicken, and I don't know if it's free-range. Organic grass-fed beef in Phoenix is probably ridiculously expensive. Because I know I can't afford it. Because I know that there's a CSA that does it at the farmer's market. They, it's like 60 bucks a week. And the amount of food they give me, I probably would only last four days. Oh, wow. Because, no, number one, I eat a lot. Number two, they don't give you a lot. Maybe I'll give it a whirl. Yeah, or maybe look online. There's places that'll ship you meat too. Oh, I don't know how much point. they cost, but there, yeah. there's a farmers market over here um, in the South Bay. And it's like pretty reasonable for grass fed. Okay, check it out. And it's frozen, so maybe take okay. it take, take it, it home with me. Yeah, that would be awesome. You're gonna be here on Tuesday. I submit that I will not. <laughs> uh, I'm 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 leaving Sunday late. Sunday like. Pro- I hope not too late. I'm hoping around like before six. Okay. Nice. So you discovered your gluten intolerance. You eliminated gluten altogether. Um, You felt better. Um, Where did that leave you in terms of your physical activity? Like, did that increase? I saw that you're an avid surfer and snowboarder. How'd you get into 
those activities? How long have you been doing those activities? Um, so I've been surfing and snowboarding pretty much half my life at this point. Okay. Um, I started when I was a teenager. It's around 15, 16 years old. I uh, started surfing. And I will say that with snowboarding, um, I did notice a big difference just in terms of um, my strength and my core strength. Um, okay. Just when I was snowboarding, um, one thing I noticed, and, and I don't know if this had to do with just me being in overall better shape or changing my diet, but I used to get really sore from snowboarding. And I mean, I wasn't a beginner snowboarder. I, I go to Mammoth all the time. My husband and I are season pass holders. You know, we're comfortable going all over the mountain, but yet after a long day of snowboarding, I would be very sore. Yeah. And one thing I noticed after I went gluten-free and kind of changed my lifestyle is I no longer had soreness um, after snowboarding, and I felt good and re-energized the next day, like ready to hit the hill again. So that's awesome. So that was that was a big difference I noticed in snowboarding and in surfing. I think it it really you know also a lot of core strength is in surfing. Just kind of you have to hold your body up. And when I would paddle for waves and I would pop up, I noticed I felt lighter on my feet, and that probably was due to just being a little bit lighter and overall having, you know, less body mass essentially. Um, but it felt good. I felt like, wow, okay. Like I can feel this difference and I I feel like it's helping me. So those were really like the two big differences I saw in those sports. But in terms of my running, um, I actually stopped running as hard as I was running before. So before I went gluten-free, I was running three to four times a week and I was very, very much like, you know, I'd run three, four miles, run sprints, do all that sorts of thing. And when I went gluten-free, I didn't run as much. But then when I found that when I did run, I ran faster, even though I hadn't been running. Okay. <laughs> that was pretty cool. Like I ran <laughs> a, a 10K here in Manhattan Beach and I hadn't run in like six months and I ran it at like a nine minute pace, which for me is like something that was pretty decent um, for not training like not having to run a ton so okay. I, was, I was pretty happy about that <laughs> excellent yeah that's awesome uh how has how's the pregnancy changed your physical activity a lot <laughs> um so i was working out five to six times a week mm-hmm. and when i found out i was pregnant um you know my doctor said you can keep doing everything that you were doing um which was great um I, so i surfed up until about three months Okay. Of pregnancy, which and I, I still feel like even now I could probably surf. I've just been a little bit more cautious and want to be careful. Absolutely. Um, but I am stand-up paddleboarding now, so I've been okay. doing that um, to kind of make up for the lack of surfing. And unfortunately, I haven't been able to do a lot of the more strenuous activities that I was doing. I was playing co-ed soccer twice a week. Okay. Um, so I had to stop that right away just due to the impact that could potentially happen. Yeah. And I also was doing spinning, which I no longer can do just because I can't get my heart rate that too high. high. Um, and my doctor is a little bit worried about me because I tend to push myself to the limit and he does not want that. Um, so what I've been doing is I've been swimming a lot. Excellent. Um, so I, I try and swim uh, as much as I can. I do master swimming once a week on Mondays um, here in Redondo Beach. Just master swimming. Master swimming is an hour-long coached swim workout. Okay. So it's basically they take you through a series of swim drills. It's an hour long, and we usually end up swimming between one and two miles during the, the workout. Oh, wow. So 
it's pretty intense. Well, you when you were doing triathlons, triathlon is uh, how much running, how much biking, and how much swimming. So the triathlons that I were doing, um, it wasn't like the big distance, so it was mainly like 10k run, um, you know, 18 mile bike, and then um, anywhere from a half mile to a mile swim. Okay. That's still way more swimming than I could do. Yeah. So, <laughs> but you know, it's funny because swimming is actually one of my favorite parts. Yeah. Um, just because I love the water, I wouldn't say that I'm a fast swimmer um, because I I don't really know proper swim technique. Yeah. Uh, I never swam growing up. I didn't learn any of that stuff. But the master swimming has helped me as an adult kind of learn how to swim for fitness and kind of just overall physical activity. So. Um, being able to do the master swimming um, is, has been really nice just because it feels like I'm getting a hard workout. Um, yeah. And no no one's really, in, you know, in the water, it's like you can't see that I'm pregnant, right? So it's not <laughs> like, <laughs> you know, it's not like, you know, a spin class or yoga class where I was like, oh, check out that person next to me. They're, you know, are they okay? And in swimming, it's, it's not really like that. I, I don't feel pregnant because I, I feel just the water makes me kind of feel more normal okay. um, some buoyancy or something like that so did it when you would go into the gym or you would do other activities and did you think that people were like oh there's a pregnant chick working out no I, I shouldn't say that because I when I was doing that I wasn't even showing yet yeah. I think I was just more self-conscious and aware like of what was going on and I just recently started showing so um, I think that's a little bit new for me too it's just kind of okay walking around and people are like oh well you look some weight or (laughs) you look beautiful so you should just keep that in your brain all right well thank you you're welcome because i know when i'm at the gym and i see pregnant women working out i'm always like that's awesome yeah like any excuse i have to not give my full right now is invalid because there's somebody who's doing who's carrying themselves a little bit different than me and they're going full out so yeah and and it's been different too especially with fit and awesome because what i write is so much inspired by what i'm actually doing in real life right and so because my physical activity has i haven't been doing as many things as i used to it's it's been kind of tough for me because i'm like wow i'm only working out two three times a week and like sometimes my workout is just walking the dog and that would have never been acceptable and you know non-pregnant Lindsay so I think there's you know part of that and that kind of goes back to that transition of yeah kind of what what to do there but um you know it'll all work out yeah well is that is that really like is it more of a psychological thing where you're just like oh I wish I was doing something more physical I mean it's it's definitely hard like you know my husband and I play co-ed soccer together and I obviously haven't played in the last three months four months and um the other night you know I went to the game and I sat in a lawn chair and watched the game and had our our dog we have a golden retriever and she you know she came out and sat with me and we watched the game and I was like oh I want to be playing right now you know things like that that are kind of hard or you know you see people just you know kind of pushing themselves or doing something like oh I don't want to do that but it's okay <laughs> but what's what's interesting is you said earlier that you are constantly pushing yourself to the limit 
you're still doing that. Just you have a different limit because you're in a different situation. Yeah, and I, I would say too that I, I feel really lucky that I, I've had a pretty, you know, knock on wood, but like a pretty good pregnancy so far. I haven't had any morning sickness. I haven't felt horrible. I just felt tired, like more tired than normal. Yeah. Um, but I, I feel lucky in that sense because I've, I've, hear, I've heard of women who literally just are so sick they can't do anything. Yeah, Or absolutely. women who are on bed rest. And so from that perspective, I feel really lucky to be, yeah, absolutely. to be feeling the way I do and able to get in the pool and swim with swim with people that I was swimming with before and kind of not feel like that different. But, you know, the lower impact activities have absolutely. definitely been like a little, little newer to me. Like I did try Pilates for the first time. Yeah. That was very different. <laughs> Maybe some yoga in there. Yeah, so I haven't really done much yoga just because I haven't felt very flexible these days or even wanted to be flexible. <laughs> um, That's pretty funny. <laughs> like the thought of, you know, <clears throat> getting in a down dog is just not appealing to me. But yeah. Um, I, I would like to take some prenatal yoga, and I, I think I will in the coming weeks. Yeah, do it. Let us know how that's going. Okay. Blog well, about it. Oh, I will. Blog about it. <laughs> Definitely. Um, so when you were training um, and getting involved in that and working out a little more strenuously, um, what supplements were you using, if any? Um... Protein powder in my smoothies. Protein powder in the yeah. smoothie. That's about it. Uh, no, no supplements really. I mean, I I was taking um, a couple things from my doctor that were just kind of metabolism. Okay. Um, you know, stuff to kind of help speed up the metabolism. But other than that, nothing really that I can think of that I was like taking to kind of help with everything. Um, yeah, nothing that I can think of. Okay. Where is Fit and Awesome now, and where do you want to see it go? So I'm I'm really happy with the progress that Fit and Awesome has had over the last 18 months since I started it. Because I really, I never really had this long-term vision of where it was going to go. I just said, you know what, I want to just get my story out there and kind of see what happens. And then all of a sudden I found this whole community of people that were, you know, like-minded people or people that wanted to learn a little bit more about things that I was doing that were similar related, you know, to their life. Um, then I found a community of bloggers who were also on very similar journeys in life and blogging about these things. So, so kind of networking with the bloggers and the community and then the readers. And then just, there's so many people who have found me through search engines too. kind of, yeah. um, it's, it's built this really nice community. And, um, I don't, often talk to the people on my site unless they actually reach out to me so having someone you know I had someone write me and say you know I was inspired by your story and I decided to do the whole 30 which is a diet I did for 30 days I won't even call it a diet it was just eating whole foods basically for 30 days and he said he was inspired by by my whole 30 story he did the whole 30 and he had amazing results like lowered his cholesterol, like just completely changed his blood test numbers just through, through healthy Dude. eating. Wow. And I was like, wow, like what I'm doing is making a difference for people. This is 
pretty cool. And then about six months into the site, I started getting brands reach out to me asking how they could participate and they could be involved. And so I started, you know, kind of putting on my marketing cap and thinking, okay, how can I work with brands to, to really amplify the message of Fit and Awesome, but then also help them um, accomplish some of their goals. So I've been working with brands for a little over a year now. Um, on all, I've done all sorts of interesting executions with brands um, that have been really fun. And I would say in the future, what I what I really want Fit and Awesome to become is not so much about myself and my personal story because I'm not that interesting. <laughs> okay, disagree, but continue. <laughs> um, and there's only so much that I can you know always talk about myself, but but really having a team of writers and contributors that contribute their stories and their perspe- their perspective and kind of their opinions and what's happened to them so that it really becomes more of just a blog about my personal story, but more of a healthy lifestyle magazine. So I would say that's my long-term vision for the the brand is to have it be something where, you know, I'm overseeing a team of writers or people that contribute articles. Um, You know, one site that I I really love and admire is mindbodygreen.com. Okay. Um, So obviously, you know, (laughs) if we could get to that scale, that'd be great, but... You know, if we're just on a much smaller level too, um, Mind, body, that's, green. that's fine too. I'll check that out. Yeah, check them out. Yeah. Uh, I want to talk about your Whole30. Saw a little bit of it on the website. I didn't read uh, the entire blog post. Please forgive me. That's okay. Um, <laughs> so it's a, you just ate Whole Foods for 30 days. What makes up a Whole Food? So it was basically no sugar, no grains, no gluten. No legumes, no alcohol, no dairy. Mm. <laughs> okay. Yeah, for 30 days. So I figured I already had the gluten thing down. Yeah. Um, you know, the other the other things that were, were going to be hard, you know, wine. I love having a glass of wine, trying to chill out at the end of the day. Obviously, I'm not drinking wine now, but, <laughs> um, you know, I enjoy a glass of wine. I also love cheese. Cheese is great. Cheese is so good. Cheese is real good. Um, Cheese is not allowed. (laughs) So things like that. What was interesting about the Whole30 diet was that you can't slip up at all during the 30 days. And if you do, they say you have to start over. Okay. (laughs) So it's really a commitment. Yeah. um, And what I found is as I started to get into the challenge, I've done it twice now. And as I, as I get into the challenge, I just get so focused on it. I'm like, I can't look back. I just have to kind yeah. of keep going. And it, I can't recommend it enough. If you're someone who's serious about making a change and, and really is wow. willing to do anything, uh, and I mean anything, because, you know, most people would not want to give up alcohol for 30 days or they would not want to give up sugar for 30 days. When you kind of come out on the other side of that 30 days, you're just like, oh my gosh, like. I can do anything. Yeah. You're talking about added sugar because obviously like you eat a banana, you eat strawberries, has natural sugars in them. Okay. Uh, Just wanted to clarify. Yes. Um, Clarification for everyone out there. Yeah. No added sugars. Well, giving up alcohol, I guess for me, would have been difficult, but I've done it before, you know, and I can do it again fairly easily because I know I've done it before but I just like beer 
I mean, it's nice, you know, it's a Friday night, you want to go out with some friends, some co-workers after work, you want to just chill out and have and a drink. have a beer. Yeah. So what is, what, what can you mainly eat on the whole diet? Because pretty much everything you mentioned, I'm like, well, what, what else is there for me to eat? There's a lot you can eat. So, I mean, what I what I did for breakfast is, and they're, they're very, it's, uh, if, if you're interested in the Whole30, there's a great book called It Starts With Food, and that really talks about, it's the creators of the Whole30 plan, and they talk about just the diet and kind of the philosophy behind it and what to eat and why to eat it and things like that. But in terms of breakfast, um, you know, they, they say that you should have one sort of meat source and then a vegetable source and then fruit so that's breakfast okay so what i would do for breakfast is i would do like two eggs sometimes i would do like smoked salmon or i would do sausage but you know making sure the sausage was how would you prepare the eggs fried (laughs) fried in coconut oil i like your style (laughs) you and i would get along great (laughs) fried in coconut oil and then uh some smoked salmon and then maybe some spinach some sauteed spinach something like that and then, uh, you know, maybe some blueberries. Blueberries are great for you. They're full of antioxidants, whatnot. And so. they're delicious. And they're so good. Um, so that would be, you know, that would be a a uh, breakfast. Okay. And then lunch. Um, you know, lunch depend, depends. Usually I would do a salad for lunch. So I would okay. do some sort of salad with chicken and making sure that I had all sorts of veggies, like no beans on the salad, yeah. no croutons, not that I ate that anyway. And then for dressing, um, olive oil with some lemon. Okay, yeah. Keeping it pretty plain. Yeah. Um, And then I also started making my own dressing, which was really good. It was olive oil, uh, ginger. Okay. Apple cider vinegar. Oh, I like apple cider um, vinegar. Some garlic and some turmeric. Okay. And I mix it all up in my food processor. Bomb. So good. (laughs) So good. uh, You're going to have to email me. Number one, the name of the book. Number two, the recipe for that dressing. Or I could just always just re-listen to this. Yeah, all right. <laughs> um, yeah, so so that's kind of what I would do for lunch. And then dinner, I, I made a lot of dinners in the crock pot. Or I should say slow cooker. I do like my slow cooker. Um, are potatoes? Potatoes. No potatoes? So potatoes are really interesting because when I did... When, the two times that I've done the Whole30, you can have sweet potatoes because they're... Delicious. Uh, delicious, <laughs> slow-burning carb. And just recently, within the last few weeks, the Whole30 just announced that you can now have white potatoes as okay. part of the meal plan, which I think is awesome because um, a lot of times I'll eat breakfast and I'll have some eggs and potatoes and sausage, and I'm like, oh, if I didn't have these white potatoes, this would be totally Whole30, Whole30 compliant, and now it is. <laughs> what, what spawned the change? Um, they just decided that, you know, potatoes were something that they felt was okay to bring kind of back into the, into the mix. The, okay. Um, I mean, they already allowed sweet potatoes. Okay. So, uh, but it, it is interesting. Do we think that, like, there's an underground white potato black market that, like, bribed them? I don't think so. I think maybe, maybe they just felt like it would make it a little bit easier for people to... More attainable to for do, a wider that. audience. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, maybe. So I don't know, but it's a good change. I'm happy. Okay. Um, very interesting that they allow potatoes. So 
because um, sweet potatoes are so good. <laughs> sweet potatoes are so good. I mean, and, and by potato, I, I will clarify. They don't mean like, you know, oh, potatoes are okay. Go to McDonald's and get the thing of French fries. It's more of... Because it's not really... A, number one, at McDonald's, it's probably not a potato. Probably not a potato, yeah. <laughs> probably something else. Two, also, they're coated in sugar. Sugar? Yeah, that's what gives them the brown kind of coloring. That's yeah. disgusting. <laughs> yeah, yeah. There you go. There you go, McDonald's. I'm actually going to cut their name out of this, too. Yeah. <laughs> um, um, yeah, so, so yeah, potatoes are allowed. And there's all sorts of great recipes, and there's tons of resources online of different things you can make on the Whole30. And I've got a lot of recipes that I've tried out on my site that I've put up online. Um, you know, just anything from, like, stuffed peppers to, like, a bunch of different slow cooker meals. And then there's a lot of sites that are just dedicated to, like, Whole30 dinners. And, you know, one thing that I found was when I did the Whole30, planning was everything. It was all about making sure that I had the right food in the house, cooked in advance. Yeah. So that I didn't come home starving and reaching for something bad. Yeah. Um, and that, that was really all it was about. If, if you planned ahead, you would be successful. And, you know, if you didn't, didn't it's a lot more difficult. I'm sure. I'm sure. The biggest thing that I've noticed in the last few months is because I have been so busy, um, but I still want to maintain somewhat of an active social life. I've been going out to eat with people a lot more, and that makes not having dairy and not having gluten more difficult. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Um, you got to have the trade-off, I guess, every once in a while. When did you give up beer? That was, that was what, eight? Nine years ago? Ten years ago? Oh, I gave up beer yeah. when I went gluten-free. When you went gluten-free, which yeah. was, again, I April remind me of the time. April 2012. April 2012. Okay, so only two years ago. Yeah. Okay. Because, yeah, ten years ago, you wouldn't have been legally able to drink. All right, I never probably mind. was anyway, let's be honest. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, Mom. <laughs> Valid points. Okay. It's all right. Lawyer. Statute of limitations is passed. You're good. Can we talk about beer? Is it going to make you miss it? I don't no, want to. you can talk okay. about it. So, you said you were into beer. Like... Um, are you talking you just enjoyed beer in general or were you like a craft beer person who enjoyed going well, to all those places and then how was your transition to cider? Well, I would say that when I gave up beer, the craft beer phase had not really... Okay. It, it, it the, the craft beer scene wasn't like what it is today. Yeah. Um, so I think that's made it a little bit easier for me because I probably would have been really devastated if I got really into that scene and then had to kind of give it up but I was into just drinking beer with my friends and going out and having a pint and absolutely um the social aspect yeah the social aspect of beer and just trying different beers dark beers you know all that kind of stuff um and then when I gave it up I it was hard at first especially because I had to kind of train myself to make wine or vodka sodas or hard alcohol drinks kind of my drinks of choice which weren't always my drinks of choice like beer was kind of what I had and I would have two beers and I'd be good and oh yeah absolutely yeah um but now it was like oh whoa like now I'm gonna have these other choices I'll drink a glass of wine wine's got a lot more alcohol content um so just kind of switching that mentality and then I would say that I didn't get into cider until recently. Yeah. And I think that's just because there wasn't a lot of cider available. And I, to be honest, did not know that cider was gluten-free. Okay. 
And when I found out cider was gluten-free, I got excited. Yeah. Um, and so I, my husband would, and I would go to Whole Foods and pick out, you know, Whole Foods has, the Whole Foods here in, in LA has like the different craft beer sections yeah. and they have like the big bottles that you can buy. And, you know, I'd go and pick out a cider and I was like, oh, this is so cool because I haven't had beer in so long. I don't really think about the beer section anymore. Yeah. Um, so cider kind of brought a little bit of that back to me and, um, trying all, all sorts of different ciders was, was, has been really fun. And, um, but I would say, you know, if I want something just to kind of, kind of refreshing, just to kind of relax and don't really plan on drinking more than one or two drinks, I like cider and, um, you know, I want something that's kind of going to last me more. Like if I'm going to an event or something, I'm going to be there for a couple hours probably a glass of wine because it'll last me a little bit longer and yeah um so things like that the the reason i really wanted to bring this up is because i don't want people to get the wrong impression that if you live a healthy lifestyle it means that you're cutting everything out of your diet and, totally and i mean don't get me wrong i have friends who live a healthy lifestyle and they're they don't drink they don't slip up in their diets they don't like if they're dairy and gluten free they don't have cheeseburgers you know any of that stuff whereas I'm more of the mindset you know I I would I used to have like a beer with dinner every night I would make myself a really nice dinner I would pair it with a nice craft beer and I would enjoy it then when I decided I wanted to take my fitness to the next level I cut that down to two or three meals with beer. So I just didn't want people to think that they have to change their entire life to be fit and awesome. No. And, and, and it's everything in moderation, right? Oh yeah, I mean, absolutely. Um, like for me, I'll go through periods where I'm very strict with my diet. Like, um, the whole 30, I'm strict during that period. I, I don't slip up, but, but other than that, you know, I, I really try and follow this partly paleo mentality, which is, you know, I, I eat, try and eat paleo most of the time because that's the diet that, you know, the lifestyle that works for me. Yeah. But then I also have a glass of wine at dinner and like, I'm not going to be shy about having that. And, um, if I want to have some cheese at an event, I'll yeah. have some cheese, you know, I'm not going to, the only thing that I do stay away from a hundred percent of the time is gluten. Oh, well, that's because of how crappy it makes you feel. Yeah. Like, um. Which is, I can kind of relate because I got that feeling I've cut added sugar out of most of my diet, and which was really hard in my office because everyone had the little candy dishes, you know? And Reese's peanut butter cups were the bane of my existence because I just <laughs> love them. And it used to be where I would have like 5 to 15 a day just walking by somebody's desk and grabbing one and popping it in. I actually had a Reese's peanut butter cup like a few days ago after going two or three months without any sweets or added candies and literally gave me a stomachache. I'm not saying Reese's gives stomach aches. I'm just saying it gives gave me a stomachache. Uh, and that's really sad for me. Yeah, well, it, that's what happens when you, you stop eating it. Yeah. But then it, it, it comes back on as, as quickly as you... Yeah. Let it go, right? So, 
you know, if you had another one the next day, then you would your cravings would come back. I know, I know, and it's 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 really amazing <laughs> because unless you have that really kind of severe allergy, like when I stopped eating dairy, I felt so much better. And then when I had dairy again, like just like either a glass of milk or something like that, like I literally felt bad. Like I was having like stomach issues and all that other stuff that we were talking about earlier. And it's like, it's amazing how I didn't have that before because my body had just gotten used to feeling so crappy. Mm -hmm. It's ridiculous. Yeah. I mean, in college, I actually thought I was lactose intolerant. Um, Yeah. For the whole time I was in college, I steered away from cheese. But then for some reason, you know, I could eat ice cream and feel fine. But like anything with cheese would set me off. And now looking back and knowing that I have a severe gluten intolerance and no reaction to cheese, by the way, no reaction to dairy, I wonder if I had a gluten intolerance back then. I just didn't know. Yeah. Um, but I also know that your body's changed over the years and you can, you know, become intolerant to different things and yeah. things change. So who knows? But it's always interesting for me to think back and wonder, like, I wonder if I was gluten intolerant back then too. Yeah. It's possible. You just didn't yeah. realize it. I wanted to ask you some questions about cider. Number one, you know to make gluten-free beer, right? I do. Okay. When you're able to drink more, I'm sending you a six-pack. Okay. <laughs> just so you can know to stay away from it because it doesn't taste good. It's not good. I've had it. Okay, never mind. Yeah. Then I take it all back. If you ever get a chance, though, and I don't know if you've seen them or had them, but the Angry Orchard Ciders uh, Iceman and Strawman, they come in the big 750 milliliter bottles. I don't think I've seen those. They'll be about 17 bucks a bottle, at least in Phoenix, they're 17 bucks a bottle, but they're amazing. They're also like 10 to 11 percent. Oh, nice. So it's like. They're called Strawman? Uh, one is called Strawman, one is called Iceman, um, and it's just like a higher-end type of cider. Uh, they actually just released another one in the same size bottle called, it begins with an M, it's like Mystic or Medusa or something along those lines. Cool. But really cool, really good, so I just want you to be included in the craft cider scene because okay. it's awesome. All right. <laughs> also, you can always brew your own, which is fun. Um, so, uh, the way we end all the podcasts is by asking the person who's nice enough to come on is what they are nerding out about. So, what are you currently nerding out on? Oh, I nerd out on a lot of things. Um, discuss them all. I got nothing but time. So, I would say that right now my biggest nerdy obsession is my iPad mini. Yeah? Yeah. So, I just got, I actually just up, upgraded all of my computer equipment. I got a new MacBook Pro, and I just decided to just bite the bullet and get an iPad mini too. Okay. Um, I had the original iPad. I didn't really use it that much, but I felt like if I had something a little bit smaller... Um, I might use it a little bit more. And then also I wanted to have something that I could use as my fun device. Okay. Um, because, you know, so much of what I do on my computer is work-related. And, and even on my phone is, is very much work-related. So I, I don't really feel like I shut off when I have those devices around. 
Um, but what I did with my iPad mini is I, I did not put email on it. Nice. So it is completely a fun device. And I have been reading like nice. crazy. Um, I've always been digital and an early adopter to so many digital products. But when it comes to reading, I've always been traditional and I've loved to read just tangible yeah. books. And when I got my iPad mini, I was like, well, I'm going to start trying to transition and, and read some books. And I've read five books in the last three weeks. Wow. So I've been really into being a dork on iPad mini. That's awesome. Yeah. <laughs> uh, what Are you currently in the middle of a book? I'm just about to finish one. I'll probably finish it. Yeah. Definitely by the time this podcast comes out. <laughs> What's the book? Gone Girl. Gone Girl. What's it about? It's about a girl. It's about a husband and wife, and the wife disappears on their fifth wedding anniversary, and all signs point to murder. Oh, no. And with the husband as the lead suspect. But I really can't wait until Dumbbells and Dragons gets in office. All right, excellent. And what, what are some of the books that you just recently finished? I'm curious because um, I love reading. So I just read one called This Is Where I Leave You, and it is by Jonathan Trooper. Okay. It's about to be a movie. Oh. And it is about a family, and the father passes away, and the family sits Shiva for seven days. Okay, yeah. And they haven't really been around each other in quite some time. They don't really have the best relationship. And it's, uh, I think it's three brothers and a sister and the mom and... It's uh, highly entertaining. Oh, excellent. <laughs> um, so I'll try to check those out. Yeah, it's pretty good. And then I read some silly summer you. summer books. Uh, Light reading is the best. Yeah, it's good. All right. Is there anything else? Is there anything else you're promoting? Any events that are coming up? Anything we need to be made aware of that you want to you wanna plug? Any products that currently promote on Fit and Awesome that you want to plug? No, nothing, nothing that I can think of. I mean, I think, you know, for me, everything that I write about on my site is, is stuff that I'm using or stuff that I personally uh, like. I try and only work with brands and products that I would use anyway. Absolutely. So, yeah. Um, you know, nothing really comes to mind in particular right now, but I would say just check out the site and see what I'm up to. And Fitandawesome.com. Um, oh, actually, I am really excited because I'm getting a pair of Reebok Nano sneakers, and I'm very excited about those. And what are the Nano sneakers? The Nano, are, they're, they're the sneakers that are made for CrossFit. Okay. Not that I'm doing CrossFit right now, but um, <laughs> I do like CrossFit, I think. It's You'll get there. Workout. You'll get there. Um, but I, I just tried the, um, the Z-Quick the Reeboks. Oh, yeah, yeah. I saw a commercial for those the other day. Um, which I loved and I'm obsessed with. And they're getting to be a little bit worn out now. And I'm getting a pair of Nanos in the mail. And I'm super excited about those. Very cool. Um, and it, I've just been overall pretty impressed with Reebok right now. Um, yeah. Just. <laughs> um, I'm a mud runner. So I'm all about Tough Mudders and Spartan races. And Reebok just released um, uh, one of, like a mud run shoe. Specifically oh, wow. for Spartan races. Because they they sponsor Spartan Race, um, and I really want to get myself a pair, but it's like 120 bucks, and I just spent that on the last pair of running shoes I got. Maybe when this comes out, Reebok will hear it, and they'll be like, "Well, send me a pair." Yeah, you should you should review them for your site. I'll be more than happy to. Because what I do for mud runs um, is usually I'll wear an old pair of sneakers that I'm ready to throw out, essentially, and then I leave Don't them know. Yeah. at the event. 
Like, I leave everything. I had a uh, question for you. Oh, uh, can I ask when, when you're due? December 27th. December, oh, Merry Christmas. <laughs> uh, and Happy Hanukkah. I don't know if Hanukkah falls on Christmas this year. I might be out in L.A. for the March 28th, 29th Tough Mudder. Oh, nice. If I run, are you interested? Possibly. All See right. how I'm doing post-delivery. Uh, it's three months. <laughs> three months. Should be fine. But, you know, when I haven't been running, so I just gotta... Um, I just got done with one in Minnesota with oh, wow. a friend of mine, and the condition was, I will go to your wedding if the next day you run the Tough Mudder with me. <laughs> oh, wow. <laughs> and she did, and so did her husband. Wow. Yeah. Good for them. We were all very painful. We walked a majority of the way, but we got it done. So wow. That's we, great. Even if you're not running... Let's still okay. do this. It'll be a good time. Awesome. Um, where can people find you aside from fitandawesome.com if you want to share your tweeters or your Facebooks or your Instas or your MySpace? <laughs> well, since I did work for MySpace. <laughs> uh, so my handle on Twitter, Instagram, Pinterest, and MySpace is LTSurf. So you can, LT find, surf. Yeah, you can find me there. It's just my handle that's been with me. Since forever. Along the way. Um, so you can find me there. And you can find me on Facebook at fitandawesome.com. Or, sorry. You can find me on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash fitandawesome. And where else am I? I'm right here. <laughs> You're right here. Yeah. Or if you happen to be in Manhattan Beach. Um, yeah, or if you... Yeah, just come say hi. Yeah, if you're in L.A. in the South Bay, like, definitely shoot me a note. Um, <laughs> Lindsay at fitandawesome.com. Yeah, it's my email address. So if you heard this podcast and want to say hello, I'd, Sweet. I'd love to hear from you. All right. Thanks, Lindsay. All right, Thank well, you. Thanks for having me. You are welcome. Workout nerd out, everybody. As always, please subscribe and rate us on iTunes. Send me an email at ken at dumbbellsanddragons.com. Connect with us on Facebook and Instagram at dumbbellsanddragons. Connect with us on Twitter at dumbbellsdragon. Also, our theme song, Roll a D6 by Assorted Intricacies, can be found on iTunes, or you can listen to it on YouTube now.